Hello and welcome to the Smells Like Infinite Sadness podcast. I'm your host, Michael Taylor. For those of you who don't know, I run the website, SmellsLikeInfiniteSadness.com. It's a blog covering the best alternative rock from the 80s and 90s up to present day. I'm a proud middle-aged Gen Xer who is still obsessed with the music of his youth and loves to talk about it. And this week, my special guest is Jay Aston, the frontman and rhythm guitarist for Gene Love Jezebel. They're one of the most unique and entertaining post-punk bands from the 80s, combining 70s glam rock influences with a gothic atmosphere. Their unique sound lead to college rock hits, including Desire, The Motion of Love, and Jealous. The band are getting ready to perform their first U.S. tour in almost 10 years. In our interview, I got to speak to Jay about the band's upcoming tour, his thoughts on last year's album Dance Underwater, what fans can expect as far as a set list, why it's taking the band so long to return to the U.S. for a tour, and more. So sit back and enjoy, and I'll be back afterwards to play a track off last year's album Dance Underwater. Well, I guess uh, my first question would be, I know that um, you guys played the Totally 80s Festival in California in May, so right. so when did you all decide to come back and do like a full U.S. tour, which you haven't done in, in quite some time? Uh, well, it's a strange, we did an album last year, and we wanted to tour that, but just visas are so expensive, so expensive. and we have problems organizing tours due to legal things with my brother. Uh, and then the, the Totally Ages Festival has to, to do a gig, and we, we don't normally want to do that kind of event, you know, an 80s festival thing. We've never done those things. But they offered such good money, it paid for our visas. So we thought, okay, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that and pay for the visas, and then we can tour as well. So we're kind of uh, grateful to them for wanting us to do it and paid for our visas because American visas are very expensive, work visas. It's ridiculous, but, you know, it makes it very difficult for bands to come over here. <laughs> So, uh, so we got the visa. So we thought, okay, let's since we've got the visas, let's tour, and and it's that's what we've been. That's why we're we're coming. Well, I I know you you mentioned, and I know last time that that I interviewed you were talking about how it, things are complicated with with your brother as far as having two different entities of the band and all of that. But yeah. <laughs> but but this visa kind of made things easier. Was that were you guys just kind of inspired to go back and hit the road? What has it been like to be able to come back and and uh, the tour back to the states is such a, such a long time it's an odd one because we haven't been here for so long obviously we toured you very heavily back in the days so that expression goes we, we we must have toured you about 15 times but um it's been a long time since we've done a real tour of the u.s um james has worked here a lot with the alarm uh, and holy holy and things like that james stevenson but uh, as far as us doing, <laughs> we haven't done it for such a long time. But we we, tour, we do gigs in, in right around the world. Like we play Mexico or Brazil or Portugal and, and odd ones in England and Europe. And it's been great to it because we've had a new album out and that's rejuvenated the band because half the set we, we, we do Dance Underwater from that album. And uh, it's been, it's, it's exciting. If we were, had to do 80s festivals where we're just doing things we record in the 80s, we'd prob- that would probably kill us, I think. <laughs> 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 to be honest with you. But, uh, so, but doing a one-off was, was fun. It was like, okay, we'll do Desire and Heartache and all, all those songs that were on the radio in the 80s. And it was fun. But um, we, when we do other gigs, uh, we, we tend to play for an hour and a half, two hours. And uh, we, we play a lot. And, you know, I do acoustic music that I'm writing. And we'll we just do odd, odd, odd things from all over the place, really. From our career, so uh, but it's good, you know. We're we're all we're all great mates. We've been through so much together. It's the same band that you know that's been touring here since we came here first in 1985. <laughs> 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 so that, you know they're, they're the guys that did all the music, and you know, so it's it's authentic. <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I mean, I definitely enjoyed Dance on the Water a lot. I know that you know it got pretty, I think, a pretty good critical re- re- reception yeah, ac- across yeah. the board. What was that like for you guys to kind of have such a good, you know? Uh, uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was rewarding. It was, a, it was an odd thing. The, I mean, I think we spoke about the album before, but yeah, it was unexpected because my my head is on doing my own solo thing and and, and that experience. And then, but you know, we had an idea of, of recording, and it, it went really well. And with Peter Walsh, and I mean, the odds are in our favour, I think, because it's it's the real band when James and Pete and Chris plug in. You know, that's that's that is the sound. <laughs> and if I start singing, then then you have you know the sound of desire and all those kind of songs. You know, that's that's us, us four. So um, uh, you know. It's it was amazing to get that kind of reaction to it, uh, but I think the odds we made it a lot easier for ourselves by using Peter Walsh and using Barry Barry Barlow's uh, studio, the guy from um, uh, Jethro Tull, you know, the, the drummer, the great mm-hmm. Barry. We used his studio, so we were on very safe ground. You know, we knew the people we were going with, and we trusted them, and and, and I have great faith in the, the musicians in the band. You know, they're, they're such great musicians, so um, it was it was great fun. Well, I know too. I mean, I was wondering if perhaps by kind of getting back in the groove with everyone and, and working Peter Walsh, did you guys have any extra time to record any other tracks that might be coming out sooner or work on some other new material that might be coming out in the future? Or was it just kind of one? Uh, it, we, when, as far as the album went, it was it, it was very tight budget. You know, it, it was, um, I mean, we literally raised, I forgot how much money we raised. But it was a tight budget. So literally, I went through songs. We, we there were, I think half the album we decided what we we're going to do. And then I sat down with the guys in the studio for other songs, you know, and we went through, uh, I mean, what, 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 what ended up on the album with, with the songs, they said, Oh, Jay, that's a great song. Let's do that one. But, uh, we didn't have time to record other stuff. No, it, it was impossible. It really was a tight limit. Like literally I, oh, thank God I didn't have a get, catch the flu or anything like that. Cause it was in the winter and everyone was well, cause we, we couldn't afford to, to waste an hour already. It was very tight, tight, uh, January. Um, so no, we didn't record any other stuff, but I do have lots of other songs, which James and Pete are keen to do. <laughs> so <laughs> and Pete writes as well, you know, so that's, you know, and James probably, uh, didn't write as much on this album, but he contributed a lot to the album, you know, but, uh, he, he comes up with stuff too. So yeah, I got a lot of songs. Um, it's, it's just a matter of, uh, picking which ones and, I mean, the, the weird thing is with us, we, when we're apart, it's like, oh, we're, we're close, but, you know, it doesn't matter if we, we, we gig or not. We get together once in a while. But once we start playing together, we, we get very excited by the whole idea of, of making music again. Because as soon as we, I'm, I'm sure as soon as we're in Austin, you'll see it'll be like, oh, it'll be, it'll be, we'll be excited again. Be, I would be in soundcheck. I'd be playing songs and it'll be, it'll be I think it'll be a, a, a a lot of fun it's gonna be very hard work there's a lot of gigs on top of each other as you might have noticed so um mm-hmm. but uh you know, we'll be doing things we haven't done before and so uh, we'll be we've never used backing tracks and things but there are some things like songs like flying where i can't literally do the whole backings track on my own and sing the lead vocal so because <laughs> so we've, we've had to use backing tracks here and there which is fun for us because i mean we're going to do how do you say goodbye to someone you love but tony's visconti did the strings for that it's going to be fun to have strings behind it it'll be a it'll be a lusher experience for us i think so but most of the tracks will just be us you know one two three four off we go <laughs> <laughs> well i was i was talking to my wife because you know we were excited that you guys are coming now was like the last time i think i've seen 
this incarnation of the band had to be, I think, 1992. I think it was for the Kiss of Life tour. It was in the back, ro- the back, the back room. I think it's the last time that I saw. Because I, I saw you and your brother play, like in 1996, I guess, or 97, and I saw that in Dallas. Oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Dallas, but yeah. So it's it's been a while. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. What it you're mentioning how you're gonna you know kind of mix your set list up. But have you kind of decided? Is there, do you have like a different? American set list versus a British set list, or how do you come up with with set lists when you're working? Really, we used to we used to do things that things like break the chain, for instance, was big in a lot of different countries, but not in America. So we we would stuff from heavy bodies. We wouldn't do so much over here. But now we we've just found that songs like that really strong songs work anywhere. We found so we will we'll just pick what we think are the best songs. Really, you know. Um, I mean, James sometimes a lot. Pete and I always like to do songs like 20 Kilohertz and James is like, Oh, I don't want to do that song. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we have little arguments about what we should do. And Pete and I like doing, why can't I? And James thinks, Oh, I don't want to do that. Song. <laughs> so we have, and he'll want to choose songs that I don't want to do, but we, there's a, there's a compromise here and there, you know, but uh, we've got a lot, as you know, we've got a lot of material. So it's, it's a matter of honing it all down. Which I mean, the European gigs, we half the, the tour was, sorry, most of the tour, we did half the, the new album. So, um, but this tour, we will definitely have to pull out Desire and, and a lot of earlier stuff too. Stephen, maybe Cow and stuff from the early albums, Upstairs, those kind of songs, you know. Awesome. From the early albums. But um, but a lot of new stuff too, I think. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I you were talking about Break the Chain and I was, I, a friend and I actually, I, this we're doing a podcast right now, the one that you and I are talking about, uh, discussing, but. Uh, a friend and I did an episode a while back. We're still working on it, doing a list of the best albums from 1993. And I think that um, Heavenly Bodies is an incredibly underrated album. And that came out in 1993. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess y'all had some record uh, label issues. Is that the problem as far as getting more distribution? or Because that was it was such a strong album. I just don't think it got enough of a push over here, for sure. What, what happened then, the label went bust. Well, basically, the, 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 the father of the label, the, the guy put all the money into it, decided that uh, the, was, was, the son was spending too much money and David Bowie cost him a lot of money to, to put his record out on it. And they basically just, uh, they just folded. Uh, we, were on, we were in the middle of the tour. The last gig was in Atlanta. We did. When we got news, the record company had just gone bust and uh, we were left in no man's land, really. Oh, gosh. Uh, but we, uh, that, uh, we, we didn't like the, the actual the, the sleeve or the jacket that the company put out. We, we didn't agree to that cover. We're very upset by that, but the record itself, we're very proud of. Yeah, that's probably you know probably our best record. I still think it's our best record. Um, it's it's we're at a very good place, you know, on that record. Um, yeah, to, um, we'd probably do like Heavenly. James is talking about doing Heavenly Bodies, the song from that album. Oh, that's a good track too. That's- yeah, but uh, I mean, some places we can play the whole of Heavenly Bodies, and the audience is like Latin America countries, Portugal, etc. They'd be quite happy. That to them, that's the big album. That's the album that sold millions, you know, in those those places. So, uh, but you're right. Arista, um, Arista, sorry, uh, distributed in some places, and the label just went down. So there was no there was no one helping us at all. But it did get some really odd, great reviews from um, from some people that never reviewed us before, the enemy and places like that, and uh, which was which was nice. But unfortunately, there was nothing to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> There was no one saying he's putting us on tour. We, we didn't have an agent, with nothing. The label was bust, and we, you know, that's when James went off to work the alarm. I started working on on, on my own solo stuff, and yeah, Pete went off and raising his kids. All that kind of stuff happened at that that time. 
So yeah, but it's yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, if I say we we do, I do look back on that album, if I could play that to anyone and say yeah, well we're pretty good, I'd play them that album. No matter what kind of music you're into, you, you can tell that's a very good band. I think. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a nice mix of sounds. I thought Josephina is such a great such a great rock track. You know, just the riff well, and the vocals and. Chip, I mean, the, those guys. I mean, the, they're just great musicians, you know, and they top of the game they're all i mean pete's an amazing bass player pete's an amazing guitar player too and uh i've told him to play, sing since then so yeah even, so the band still evolves it's one of the weird things that i say when we get together we all get all excited again but we sh- if we all lived in the same town we'd probably be very active but we're all scattered <laughs> so <laughs> but uh you know but yeah we but the, we um, i think we could very easily make another album um, even even better than Dance Under War, I think. But um, we keep moving forward, you know. Well, I'm I'm kind of curious too, because I know you're talking about how you made the album on a real tight budget, and and there's a difference between you know making music in the '80s and versus now. Do you find are there? I mean, do you miss kind of the old studio system as far as working with rock, or or do you like how it is now, where you're more um, kind of autonomous and and rely on the fans more? Is there a trade off? What what's your thought as far as being a musician and in uh, modern um, day well i still i still find uh, I'm, I'm still uh what's one i can explain it i'm still trying to find out who i am through music and i'm still on that journey i guess you know without getting too uh hippy dippy over it all but uh, <laughs> you know I, I still enjoy the process you know as far as um we're all older you know i guess we're closer and i guess we communicate better as, as human beings now as a band so the records are, are, are easier to make in that way, I think. Prior to that, we'd have, you know, I'd sing and play some guitar, but James was the guitar player and Pete was the bass player, etc. But we've kind of morphed into different angles. <laughs> we all do different stuff these days within the band. And so it's, um, you know, I got Pete Walsh who produced to do lots of backing vocals and stuff on the album too. So it just felt like whoever was around, you know, we would just try to make a great record and it wasn't, you know, you have to do this. So you have to do that. And, uh, you know, the, there's none of the pressures for, from a, a major label where's the single, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the bullshit is cut out really. So, I mean, the, the financial rewards are not there, of course, <laughs> they used to have before, but, uh, as far as, you know, stress, stress, uh, free, life it's a lot lot less hassle doing records these days it's just the fine financially it's um you know yeah i mean i actually enjoy talking with fans or, or when they came around and all those kind of things i used to hate you used to be so cut off and so isolated when you're on when we were on a, on geffen or whatever labels we were on in europe you'd literally never meet the fans at all unless you're on tour or in a bar after the gig <laughs> <laughs> And the press, you just talk. When the album came out, they, you know, you, you do a little, you know, junket or whatever they call it. And but now it's, it's, you know, as a friend of mine says, you say you put an album, and no one notices the album came out these days. There's no like the albums come out on May the thirty first, and there's no big deal about that these days. It's kind of all vague, and it's all streaming, and albums are not albums anymore, and all that kind of stuff. I suppose is a different. Uh, the excitement isn't there. I mean, obviously, growing up in the when I was growing up and all through all through the Gino's Jezebel era, we had followings and people used to follow us everywhere. And it was word of mouth, and we, you know, we didn't rely on on the radio to play us to 
to get known and all those kind of things in England. And we get known in Europe through word of mouth. And it was, uh, you see, I guess, more tribal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you know, these days you could put a record and you can have hits on Wednesday and you're dead by Friday. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very odd world, really. Yeah. yeah, it's like on one hand, the Internet's a great way to get exposure. On the other hand, it's hard to kind of coexist yeah. with so many different competing entities, I suppose. Yeah. It's like keep people's attention is very difficult. Um, and, you know, it doesn't seem the value on music seem the same, does it? It's, it's weird. It was so important, so important to um, previous generations. You know, what music you're into is so important. And now it seems lighter, you know. Can you sing like Mariah Carey is a big issue. <laughs> <laughs> but is it? Is it rewarding though to, to, to when you see your fans kind of you know pour their heart and soul into you know into the the crowdfunding campaign and and to help fund that? Is that just a nice kind of way to, to bond with your fans? And do you find that well, it's very nice. Otherwise, I mean, if we didn't do that, I'd probably just hang myself. Someone said, "Why did I waste my life killing myself doing all those tours and all that energy I put into it?" You know? <laughs> 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 it's really nice that someone says, you know, oh, you know. Uh, you know that song meant so much to me when and or whatever else. I mean that's 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 nice, rewarding. Yeah, it was. It's, it's nice to know some people care. You know, it is. You know. And do y'all have any openers in in mind for this tour? Would it just be just the band by themselves, or have you even kind of gotten that far as to figuring we're out? Not, not, we're not taking anyone on tour as such. That's 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 those days are gone where we could have, you know just say come up with someone we like come along do the tour. You know, mm-hmm. but there are. People, there are people that reach out to us, and 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 uh, we we we've added them on some gigs here and there, you know. Uh, but it's difficult. Promoters will sometimes they want an art, an act an act that can pull something of their own, etc. Mm-hmm, like a local band. Yeah, like a local band. But uh, we're pretty easy easy going, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's, if someone sends me some music and I like it, I I put a word in for them. I've done that a couple of times. So um, yeah, I mean. Hopefully the promoters, they'd pretty much be have to be into us to, to book us in the first place. And you hope that they'd find someone, you know, that's that would work with us you know, in that context, you know. Well, you're, you're playing a great venue for that. You're playing a place called Elysium in Austin. They've always got like a really good, you know, kind of post-punk, I think, uh, connection to the city. So, oh, so, brilliant. Yeah. So I well, we're lucky. We, we got this agent who's, who's, who's a fan and she, she understands the era really well and she's, she's aware to put us in, into nice, she said to us, you know, put us into really nice little rooms, you know, just cool places to play. Uh, and that's going to help, you know, because that's what it's all about to me. It's an event playing live. It's, it's, you want to go to a, a nice place, meet some nice people, play some good songs where the sound's good. And, you know, that's ideal. Austin's a great example. Somewhere, somewhere you want to go and play, you know, you don't, it's not a town you want to miss out. So, uh, you know, we, we haven't played there very often, but when we have, we've loved it. So, yeah. I think it'd be a great place to kick it off. I can't wait to go see it. So we're, we're excited. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> we'll be there. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I guess, do y'all have any, I know you mentioned that you, you've got some new material you're working on uh, besides the band, do you have anything else of your, you mentioned you might do some acoustic stuff or some solo stuff on your own, or have you kind of thought about well, any other musical projects this year? Or? Well, as we, the reason of, Mike was feeding back just now. Is uh, I've been asked to do um, like a Dylan Thomas ghost story thing for for, <laughs> for, for there's a techno band called Front Two Four Two, and one of the keyboard players is always getting me to do stuff. And so I was just working on some Dylan Thomas. <laughs> but 
thing, which is quite difficult because some of it, some of it, some of it is uh, is, um, is language is quite hard to. <laughs> even though I'm Welsh <laughs> it's hard to get around it you know <laughs> what does he exactly mean and I'm, I'm reading it because I know there'll be people who will judge me on it what you know but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> I think I finished it you know <laughs> uh, I literally just finished it five minutes I looked oh my god it's five to five and I knew I, had to, I, was, I, knew I had to talk to you and I, was, I, I think I just finished it <laughs> excellent well, is there anything else you want to say to the fans as far as what to expect for this year or for the tour or anything you want to, to get out there? Or? I mean, life is short. Who knows? We're all still alive and together and we're, st- we're still functioning uh, with, with, with power, I think, with verb. Uh, I think you should come and see us because I don't know when the next time will be. It's such a hassle for us to get gigs with the legal situation here and there and everyone be in the same place. It is a, a rare opportunity to see us and uh, I mean, I've had uh, emails from people and, and obviously Facebook stuff. I haven't seen it for 25 years. So excited. I mean, literally as the time has passed and come and see us now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I intend, I mean, my agent's very keen on me doing solo things as well, because um, that's, I think I told you last time, that's when my passion is so total. You know, it's uh, it's an exciting place for me, my solo things. <laughs> I was surprised people, people, you know, they see me, they're kind of jaded. Think I'm, they think I'm just going to get up and sing emotional love or something. And then I do what I do, just kind of free form. And I've had some jaws dropped and some amazing reactions from people, which is, you know, I just needed more of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Well, I can't wait to see this show and I'll be sure to get the word out with this. And thanks so much for talking to me The Jay. It's been a pleasure. Always. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you again. It's a great pleasure. I look forward to seeing you, man. I can't yeah. wait to come here. Yeah, we've got a couple of friends. We've got a couple of friends in uh, in Austin as well. Apart from you, we've got Tim Palmer lives there, and uh, my folk Monty is an old friend of ours. He used to have a label, so there's a couple of people we we can see out there. It'd be great. Excellent. We'll, we'll come up and say after the show then. Brilliant. All right, man. All right, we'll take care, and I'll see Please. you guys soon. Thank you so much, man. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. A big thank you to Jay Astor for taking the time out to talk today. It was a pleasure getting to chat with him. For those looking to get tickets for the upcoming G Love Jezebel tour, you can find them at glovejezebel.co.uk. And we're going to close out today's show with a song you're going to be able to hear on the band's upcoming tour. It's called How Do You Say Goodbye to Someone You Love. It's off last year's album, Dance Underwater. If you go to the webpage for this particular episode on our website, smellsikeinfinitesadness.com, you'll see an Amazon link where you can purchase the album. So take care, enjoy the song, and talk to you soon. There's a crazy, crazy world out there Somewhere else, somewhere Somewhere I can be happy Somewhere My God, she said, what have you done? Brought shame and scorn from everyone You ruined everything in my world You've donned the cloak of the vagabond That black-headed thief that's here and gone You've learned to twist the knife and smile Lost its glory My life Has no flame 
When you love 